from the Rookie Inn, here we are uh, in the spiritual home of the uh, Railway Arms, uh, as ever. It's not the um, spiritual home of the Railway Arms, it is the <laughs> Railway Arms. <laughs> it's the spiritual home of the From the Rookie Inn podcast. Hey, it's pint number two, we're watching an England game. But <clears throat> we're here in the, uh, in the Railway Arms, this is a bit of a podcast extra. As ever, I'm John, with me is, is Mike. Hi, hi. Uh, it's Jason. Hello. Uh, we're three Watford fans, uh, lifelong Watford fans, uh, season ticket holders in the Rookie End. And we've been doing this podcast for about 18 months now, and they are our take on life as a Watford fan. Also joined tonight with Frank Smith, the Deputy Group Sports Editor uh, at the Watford Observer. We're here to talk about the last week in the life of Watford Football Club. It's got us thinking, got us talking quite a lot, and definitely we think worth an extra podcast than normal, because another two weeks we do the normal one. We're going to talk about the new owner, Lawrence Bussini. We have talked about Lawrence the last two podcasts. We talked about him, about how fans are feeling after his first six months, because he's been in charge six months now. And we had a chat with uh, Watford author Lionel Burney. And then on the last podcast we put up at the uh, under-18s game, we talked about five questions that we would like to be answered at the Fans Forum. Jason, what were our five questions that we were hoping to be answered at the Fans Forum? Five questions that we wanted to be asked and answered at the Fans Forum. Why did you decide to invest in football? Why Watford? As owner, what will represent a successful tenure? What are your plans for the stadium redevelopment and the timescale for completion? And where is the money for bond repayments, stadium redevelopments and future player purchases going to come from? Now, Mike, when we put those together, we talked about, we debated those. Our intention wasn't to be, to catch him out, were they? No, we're not being accusatory or aggressive. I think as Watford fans, we obviously want, we want what's best for the club. Uh, we like to think our owner wants what's best for the club. Um, but he hasn't managed to convey that satisfactorily as far as I'm concerned. I can't speak for all Watford fans. I can't even speak for you guys. Um, but from my point of view, I don't think that we've been given enough information about what he's got planned for the club, where, what the, where he wants us to get to and how we're going to get there. He's had a couple of opportunities. We've got Frank here with us tonight. Um, the work he's done with the Watford Observer has been minimal. I'm sure Frank will fill us in a little bit more about, about that. Um, obviously, there's the no-show at the fans forum and that kind of brought it to a head really for me personally and I think us as a, as a podcast was that it really underlined um, the concerns that we've got as Watford fans not necessarily about Lawrence Pacini as a person but about his lack of communication um, we just don't know enough to make informed decisions or to be comfortable and confident about which way we're going and we just think it's about time we ask questions We've never asked an interview with Lawrence from the club we on a, I think he was, we would have to leave it to about now to see, let things bed in and to let things sort of start happening before we were going to talk to him. Um, now, Frank, you, you, you're a man who asks lots of questions. It's a job to ask lots of questions. You've met the man. How, 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 how have you found him in the, in the first six, six, seven months in charge? Uh, it's been quite mixed in terms of the kind of relationship with Lawrence and the paper. Uh, to start with, obviously, well, I, I, you know, anybody that buys a book for the Observer regularly will remember kind of uh, we did the initial interview with him when he first came in. Uh, which was kind of prompted from uh, kind of uh, the us being able to find out about him being bankrupt, uh, and that kind of prompted the first interview. Um, for then several several weeks, probably months even, we got nothing uh, kind of in terms of answers, um, and that prompted us to have the kind of comment piece that we did as a paper, which was 
basically actively encouraging him to answer questions similar similar sort of questions to what what you're asking. There's, there was then a spell where he was, you know, he kind of opened up and he he was happy to talk to us about certain things. He obviously we, he spoke to us about the red lion, uh, spoke to us about you know different plans, you know, different some plans that he had for the club. And you know, on a personal level, he's always been you know polite to me. He's always been you know, uh, he's always spoken to me freely. I've had off the record chats with him. I've had off the record chats with him about certain issues that we would love to cover as a paper. Uh, and in fairness to him, uh, even recently, you know, I've requested you know interviews with him, and he said, "Yep, yeah, I'm happy to have an interview with you, um, and I'm happy to talk to you about that." As of yet, we're still kind of waiting. You know, we put requests through to the club to set up an interview. As of yet, it hasn't it hasn't happened. But he has promised us, you know, promised to do an interview with us, and he has promised to do an interview with us next week. So, hopefully, with with that, you know, with, with next week, with the the uh, question and answer session that he's going to have with the BBC, Three Counties Radio, and hopefully, the interview that he does with us. Hopefully, we will start obviously getting some of the more some of the some of the more pressing answers. I think, uh, obviously, when it's into a new regime, you're kind of almost, especially after the start, you're almost grateful for anything. You know, almost any answers you get, and a lot of the kind of, you know, you say, you know, I say interviews. They're probably not really interviews. A lot of the kind of stuff that we were getting would be kind of two-minute chats on the phone, where you know, it'd be a case of, oh, I've heard that progression with the red line. You know, what's the situation with that? And it'd be kind of a quick conversation where he'd give us an update. It wasn't a case of kind of sitting down for long chats. So hopefully next week uh, we can have a, you know, have a real long chat with him about some of the more, the more pressing, some of the more pressing issues. It's, it's, it's pleasing to hear that you've at least had conversations with him, so even if they are off the record, because that, that at least shows he's obviously aware who you are and he's, he's comfortable talking to you. That, that's encouraging to know. But do you think he, as a person, is aware of the fans' need? Sounds a little bit serious, but it is a need to hear from him because we have literally have a lot of people haven't, won't have even heard his voice. He might, I always wondered, I wonder if he sounds like Mickey Mouse. You know. How? That's why he never speaks. He doesn't sound like Mickey Mouse. No. He, uh, he's from. He's obviously from Stanmore, and he has you know, a slightly Stanmore accent. Slightly Stanmore accent. Yeah, he's, yeah. But he doesn't sound like Mickey Mouse. Okay, just checking. Just saying. I thought that happened. My head. Delighted. Sorry to disappoint you. Delighted we've used Frank's valuable time. That doesn't sound like a cartoon character. But do you think he's? I mean, I know this is only only anecdotal evidence, but he's aware of. Of how important that relationship is with with supporters, I think to a certain extent, yes. I think obviously he made an effort to to go and sit with the fans uh, at a couple of the games. Now you you know you might agree with that or disagree with that, depending on your views on it. Um, but he did that with the views. He was able to go out to. Oh, to sorry, Phil <laughs> Jones has just missed, but yeah. um, still one. <laughs> he uh, yeah, he did that. So I think he's kind of aware that it's kind of something he needs to address but maybe he doesn't understand just how important it is particularly to Watford uh, obviously a lot of football clubs you know maybe Leeds as an example or a recent example you know there's a lot of clubs where you don't hear from the owners and it's I wouldn't say it's not an issue but it's not it's not the end of the world you kind of you know certain fans almost expect it but with Watford it is I think it's a completely different story Watford is 
a community club. It's renowned for being a community club, and it wouldn't survive without it. You know, the real kind of passionate fans and the, the yeah, fact yeah. the fact that the fans feel integrated. If if the club kind of you know push not pushes fans away, but if they don't integrate them and they don't um, kind of make them feel part of something, then they're going to struggle not only to fill the ground, but with the whole kind of attitude around the club. Watford relies you know heavily on being a community club and on fans being part of something. And I think at the moment maybe fans are, are struggling with that because, like you say, there's there's certain issues and and just fans just feel alienated. I think. Well, that's and, it. Yeah. And I think people spoke at the this fans forum and the, and the ones before that. The, the, those two words, the Watford way, which you know they sound a little bit twee perhaps, but I think everyone around Watford knows what that means, don't they? And it's like you've said, Frank, it's about being a community club and everyone's in it together, sort of thing. It's not like a Man City where someone parachutes in with all this money, buys their way to the top, and you know at Watford the the success is shared success, isn't it? The fans are there, and it's, it's, it's always been very tight knit. I think that link is missing at the moment. I mean, I think John, you said we we were careful with these questions. We don't want to ask any questions that we wouldn't want to answer ourselves as, as owners. Well, and there's various levels that you can go into. Sorry, John. Um, and I think the other thing we need to point out is we're not underestimating how difficult it must be to run a football club. It's easy for us to sit here in the pub on a Tuesday night, you know, in the warm, with you know, all we've got to worry about is buying a round each and, and wondering whether England are going to score against Sweden. Whereas, you know, I wouldn't have the first idea about some of the comings and goings and ins and outs of running a football club. He hasn't done it before. Um, and so perhaps it's, it's taken him a, a little while to, to find his feet. Yeah, even so, even so, the first two questions we've asked, why did you decide to invest in football and why Watford, are questions that I would expect to be answered pretty soon into yeah. the... Uh, and why would you invest in football? Into their tenure. Um, uh, Generally, if money, well, there is money to be made, but... Yeah, I don't, and, and it worries me as well. So those first two questions. Yeah. I, I, we have a, a, a case in point, not not one that you can directly relate to this. I don't think, but Wrexham were bought um, by some guy ten years ago, and the first thing he's done is sold the ground to some another guy, of his company. Um, investor. <laughs> I think his surname was Hamilton, but he's he's sold the ground to another of his companies, and then tried to evict the football club. Pretty quickly, so that he can sell it on for redevelopment. That's, that was, and, 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 and that's why that's why he invested in football. And we've got, as far as we know, that could be why he's invested. But we don't know because he. Well, that's, that's, that's the worst case. Scenario. It is the worst case scenario. But Worry in my in my back of my mind. That's always been there. And you watch all these dispatches programs. You understand that. Yeah, you know, there is money properly to be made in football in terms of a profit and a loss. But you also know there are quick ways of making money in football. And you know, thank God Brighton moved their brand new stadium, but they also fell into a trap many moons ago um, about you know, someone coming in and, and selling a ground off and to, to make a profit. Perhaps it's a, a question for Frank while he's here. Those first two questions, those two whys: why did we decide to get involved in football, and why why did you get involved in Watford? In your dealings with him, Frank, have, have anything come through? Answers to those questions as to what, what the the first question about you know why well pretty much both of them were obviously things that were initially asked in the first interview uh, and it was I think the answer was something like you know I've always been a football fan I've always you know I've, I've always you know been a fan of Watford probably using fan in the loosest term but it was one of those where it was kind of 
we, we, we didn't really press him on it because obviously the first interview you're kind of there's so many other things to ask him so many stuff about the background and the bankruptcy and, and all of that and whether you, you know because obviously there was rumours about him you know leaving the ground and that sort of thing so it was kind of touched upon without really going into you know why did you buy a football club considering you're going to be losing money every month um, so what I probably would say on that is uh, he did get one for very cheap uh, and in football terms £10 million worth of debt whilst they're still running at a loss £10 million worth of debt isn't a lot of money in football terms uh, when you look at clubs like Sheffield United Leeds of a few years ago you know, there's a lot of clubs out there with a hell of a lot more debt than Watford. Even though we've had the, obviously the accounts today, and Watford have, have come out, and they, I think they're still running an operating loss of about four million. That's still not bad in terms of football. Yeah, in the, in the wider and, world, and, and, yeah. And, yeah, and you think he's got the he's got the club for kind of half a million pound initially. Obviously, he would say he's put a lot of money into the club, um, but it's you know there probably is room. You know, if he sold if he sold it tomorrow, he probably could make a profit because I'd imagine there'd be somebody out there. Who probably would pay 10, 15 million quid for a championship football club, even if it has got a bit of debt with it as well. So we've talked about the man and the, how we're feeling about things over the last six months, but then I suppose some of that has been fuelled by what happened last week. We were arriving at Bishop Stortford for the uh, half Cheney Cup first round tie against Watford against Bishop Stortford. It was an under-18s Watford game. Fulham finished 4-1 to Bishop Stortford. Uh, that silverware will be going spare for another another year. We find out we we turn we, uh, we all our tweets coming through saying Lawrence is not going to be at the fans forum that we were expecting to listen to at the ground and listen to the next day on the BBCI player. Jason. There you are. I would say that, from my talking to you, you, you're a man, a Watford fan, who has been on the fence. You've taken what you've heard and you've said, that's fine, I'm understanding what I've heard. You've also taken the worst case scenario that football fans can develop in the back of their heads, like Wrexham. When you saw that he hadn't turned up at the fans' forum, what was your first reaction? I think I fell off the fence. <laughs> um, yeah, literally and physically. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it did sort of make me feel well, this guy's having a laugh. It, it, it sort of, I had that balance for you all the way through. I think the uh, the summer and at the start of the season and. We know we're not going to see things happen instantly, uh, and he's told us what he's going to do. And you think, okay, give the guy a chance. Let's see if he uh, if he can fulfil his promises. And then to see him come in at the last minute and say, no, I'm not going to the fans' forum. I can't make it. But it'd been a great opportunity for for him to address the, the fans' concerns, whether it's people like me that are still sort of giving him a chance, not sure, or those that. Yeah. want to sort of ask him challenging questions because they think he's in there for the wrong reasons uh, and where he should be able to put them right maybe perfect um, place he's, he's, he just feels like he's got something to hide when he does that and our current chairman Mr Graham Taylor uh, was, was, was present and he, he was there um, I like Graham A for what he did for the football club but what I like about him in football now is that he has old school values and I don't think enough people in football have the old school values of football part of being an old school value is being a little outspoken I think the phrase is tells it like it is <laughs> that's the one yeah 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 and Graham told it like it is 
Uh, there's a couple was of that things. wrong, Mike? Was it wrong for him to say that? I think there's a couple of things to talk about. In terms, I think it's, we must make it clear that we are confident that Mr. Mussini was actually pretty, is, was yes, unwell. Yes, he is. Um, and possibly unwell enough to go along. So I think perhaps a lot of people at the time thought, I can't believe it's coming, you know, it's a schoolboy excuse. But I think the fact of the matter is, I'm looking at Frankie for a bit of clarification that he has been pretty poorly and it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he will have been unwell enough to attend. Well, he, I spoke to him the day after, um, obviously, to pretty much ask him that question. He had told me that he. He said he hadn't been in all, all that week. Yeah. Uh, I think he said he'd been in the office once in the last nine days. Uh, that was obviously on the Wednesday, so I think that was the Friday he'd been in. He said, I think he said the week before he'd had an MRI scan and he'd had burst blood vessels, I think, in his back and his chest, I think, was what he said. So it does sound like... So yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's worth saying that, you know, yes. these things do happen. However, um, the, there's two other there's little branches that come off that particular tree. One is that to find out so late, I think it's completely unacceptable for, for Watford fans to find out at that stage. And B, bearing in mind the sort of build-up of, um, let's call it interest, in what, in what uh, Lawrence was going to have to say, I would, I would expect him to make the effort to be there by whatever... Hook or by crook. Hook or by crook, you know, whether it's on the phone, Skype, um, MSN Messenger. Kelly Rowling called in from Los, Los Angeles yeah, on yeah, the X Factor, uh, on the phone. And, and she, there was she no, was no, sounded no, it. no question about whether she <laughs> was doing it. Yeah. So. Well, um, so at least he managed to avoid sounding like Kelly Rowling. So that's <laughs> something for But, you know, the, the, it struck me as being the complete underestimation of how important this night was. Um, for Watford fans, not not to make it in whatever whatever guys. Um, so I think that whilst he was ill, fine, uh, it, it happens and, and stuff happens. Fortunate times in people's lives, you know, you can't you can't odds that. But he had to be there one way or another. In terms of what in terms of what Graham Taylor said, you said you like um, Graham Taylor. And John, I think that's one of the underestimated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love. Yeah, mm, it's yes. one time when people what, nothing people, wrong with yeah. a bit of man love. No, especially when it's for GT. I think everyone, you know, is everyone's dad basically. Yeah, so they don't they? Um, I think like you call you call him his dad, not granddad. <laughs> my dad won't be so impressed. <laughs> um, but there's issues about. I mean, what did he say? It's good what, that what Graham, he well, he, he he was asked some very blunt questions very early on in the in the piece, and he responded um, equally bluntly. I think it's fair to say, and he was, um, you know, he wasn't outwardly um, uh, what's the word? He didn't put Mr. Bassini down so much as there were some character traits that he identified um, that perhaps made his feelings towards him pretty pretty apparent. Um, Doing things on a whim. I think was one phrase he said. What other kind of phrase are we talking? Uh, about? Reliability isn't his strongest point. Yeah, that was another one. And you know, the night was interspersed with 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 little um, digs. Well, they were digs actually, weren't they? And and the question has been raised elsewhere as as to how professional that actually was from from Graham. Um, He is a you know he's an officer of the club. He works for the club and in effect works for uh, for Lawrence Bassini and what you know whatever he thinks or whatever they think of each other. They both have a responsibility, and I mean both. Them and come on to the other side of it. But Graham's 
chairman, and one of his roles has to be to guide Watford through what looks to me like being a very tricky, tricky period. Um, and what he said was, and the way he said it was very incendiary. A lot of Watford fans were pleased with that because that's what they like to hear. They like to hear a bit of uh, blood and thunder and a bit of passion. And I count myself among them actually because um, if he'd been there, then he wouldn't have had to say those things. And um, I think there was an element of frustration uh, that came through Graham Taylor's uh, words that uh, Graham Taylor must look at Watford Football Club, not the same as, but like a child, of how much time and effort and development he put in it. Yeah, it's like a pretty like surprise marrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine it through the 70s or late 70s and 80s. It must, you know, how how that can feel. Yeah, how you can just anything bad against it. And it breaks my heart to think that he has to put up with this nonsense again. It's completely inappropriate that he's getting dragged into it again. Now, whether his comments were appropriate or not, as as chairman of the football club, the way that Lawrence Bassini acted afterwards. The following day, we got a. a, 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 I mean, we got an apology on the Watford website. We got a. He's going to be on. Three counties on the 22nd of November for a football phone-in show where he will answer the fans' questions, and I thought, okay, that's that's fine. And maybe that whole part of my mind where things weren't as bad as I thought they were, and the conspiracy theorists that we all have somewhere in our mind wasn't around. You have it. <laughs> There's a little one. <laughs> um, that was put there. He, he definitely was ill, and he, he's going to speak to us. Brilliant. But then, Frank, you got a text message. From Lawrence, I did, yeah. and it was the one that we all know about. Uh, we, we've seen that it, 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 you were told by the that he was going to resign from the board because of what Graham said. It wasn't. It wasn't as clear cut as that to start with. Okay. Um, Does he use text speak? Is that why it wasn't? Hi, mate. The first no, it was the first. The first text was purely just, you know, dear Frank, um, you know, just want to let you know I'll be resigning from the board within the next 24 hours. Kind regards, Lawrence. That was that was it. Uh, that was obviously followed by after I'd finally caught my breath and you know got my got my bearings back. Uh, was followed by a phone call. Uh, I left a voicemail message uh, to which I got a text back. Uh, basically, you know, clarifying that he, he was indeed uh, resigning due to comments made by Graham Taylor, uh, which obviously helps helped uh, immensely, but still left a lot of questions unasked. So that obviously was he was obviously in no mood to, to talk. So that was followed by further further text messages, which uh, it's amazing to think since the 80s when GT was was in charge how the, how the how the media communicates with it. Uh, club staff has changed but but yeah that was followed by further text and there was a delay and to be honest I was a bit worried because I thought Jesus you know we've got one of the biggest stories of the year here and all we've got to work on is that he's leaving because of you know Graham Taylor's comments we don't know whether he's leaving the club as a whole we don't know whether it's just the board we don't know whether he's going to be selling the club we don't know you know there was still a lot of unanswered questions um, but fortunately you know Lawrence you know, got back to me and you know answered a lot of those questions and was 
clearly unhappy with clearly unhappy with what Graham had said and playing devil's advocate you know I, I like you and was was you know I was very happy with what Graham said and I think the fact that Graham you know speaks his mind and says what he feels you know I love that you know I love the characters in the game but I think you know what what Graham said I think it would depend on where you're coming from as to whether you'd agree with it you know as a, as a reporter and as a as an individual I liked it because it, it you know Watford is all about the community it's all about the club it's all about people feeling part of it and Graham is a man of the people and he was telling them the situation which I think is great at the same time I feel sorry for the media department at Watford because they must have had a, a horrible week last week and that, you've got that's to... the bit where that story went beyond Watford and it went beyond the Watford realm of media and us chatting and fans chatting and, and the, the, the people who pay, like you at Watford, pay attention to Watford every week yeah. in week out day in day out yeah. it was the one who will only be when it becomes a bit more of a headline when they start paying attention to things and all of a sudden yeah, it got on the BBC website and then all of a sudden my friends who aren't Watford fans yeah. you go what's going on with you guys? Yeah. Well, what's going on? I, you know what this, that, that for me is the is not necessarily the is the what actually happened that week but the way what happened was conducted and I think that it's just to me it just seems indicative of and like I said we don't know how hard it is to run a football club pretty bloody hard I'd imagine and the stresses and strains of dealing with loads amounts of money Watford in debt he's got a got to clear funds every month somehow I know it's hard enough for me with my barking card but you know <laughs> so let, you know, let's not let's not pretend it's an easy thing to do however there is a way of dealing with things and there's a way to conduct yourself as um, to, to represent your business and the way that was done in my view was just indicative of, of a lack of understanding of what's expected from fans and the wider footballing world you know it was just picked, like you say it was picked up on immediately by the BBC we shouldn't be in the media because of these sort of things we should not be there because you know owner doesn't turn up chairman speaks out against owner owner has massive row stroke hissy fit with chairman threatens to step down I'm not paying anymore change his well, mind the, all in the space of two days it's for me as a supporter completely unacceptable but it's just the, I, it almost just shows a lack of understanding of how important communication is and that's why I think we're here tonight is to say look that time is now upon us where we need, need to have some answers they don't need to be in-depth answers they don't need to be we don't need to know pounds billing and sh- shillings and pence because I wouldn't tell you how much is in my bank account I'll tell you how much is in mine <laughs> yeah. about, five, about five pence yeah probably fairly similar in that respect but yeah and exactly that, that's look, the question we'll, we'll go to the question again in a moment but I've, I've got two final sort of bits on my bit scribble bit of paper in front of me one is we know how to do this phone in we've got these questions that we've come up with and you hope those will get answered we will be on the phone to, to ask those questions what fans may ask not exactly the same worded questions but we hope similar questions I think they need to be first and then made specifics about that some fans seem to want to ask him 22nd November on Boots Two Counties everyone should listen find well, no, out what he has to say listen get involved and yes, oh, yes that's yes, the most absolutely, important yeah. thing as Watford fans we have a, we've all got a voice I mean we as you know I've got a bloody voice <laughs> but we do have a voice and we have we've got a responsibility to find out what's going on there's nothing to say anything bad's going on here no 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 um, but let's find out what is going on yes and, and we have a role to play in that it's all well and good sitting by Absolutely. and reading what Frank's got to say yeah. and letting him dig around but there's nothing to stop us phoning emailing asking questions exactly and given what we've just been talking about in the last six months and how difficult it's been for us to get anything out of Lawrence and sort of hear what he's got to say 
22nd of November it's going to happen so let's take this opportunity yeah. and then ask and, that, and don't just text in phone in the phone number phone in ask him ear to ear because you can't do face to face Jason what, run through our questions one more time what are our, our five questions that we think will give a massively wide clear open picture about Lawrence and about what his intentions are at the club those five questions are why did you decide to invest in football why Watford as owner what will represent a successful tenure what are your plans for the stadium redevelopment and the timescale for completion and where is the money for bond repayments stadium redevelopments and future player purchases going to come from he answers all those questions and we get a picture and a better idea and we feel like we know where he's going yes. is that all he has to do to get rid of all the, the haters well, the, the, the age-old faith, the proof of the pudding's in the eating. So, I wouldn't want him to go to say, say stuff only to, to hang himself with his words later in the in the year. If, you know, don't say stuff that isn't going to happen. If the East Stand, for example, is a project that's going to take ten years to complete, ten years to even start looking at, fine. We've sat there and looked at it for the last. We, we're, not, we're not bothered, really. We're not going to fill it anyway, are we? The crowds are on their arse, let's be honest. We're looking at sort of 12, 13, 14 down. We're not going to fill it. But tell us. Fellas, it's going to take a while. Five years minimum. Fine. If come out and told us. South East Corner. Money's a bit tight, you know. The uh, you know interest rates are unfavourable at the moment. Uh, the building company we were going to use has gone bust. So, again, we're looking at a couple of years. Fine. Not ideal. He's told us. Yeah. And that's all we need to know. We don't need to know the ins and outs back on. I think, I think it's... It's one of those at the moment where the problem is because he's not coming out and answering a lot of these questions, there's a real negative feel around the club and obviously, you know, we see, we see that as a paper and it's easy to kind of get caught up in the negativity and the, and with the negativity comes rumours and accusations and in the modern modern world of modern media and social networking, you know, you only need rumours to, to be circulated a few times a fact. I think it's one of those where it's probably, like I think I mentioned to you before, it's probably not going to be until June next year where we, like you say, the proof is in the pudding. You know? and by, by June next year, we might we might have a side that's finished mid-table in the Championship, set to play on a brand new pitch with a southwest corner which is complete, uh, plans for an east stand already submitted to the council, having been told that it's going to take two years to do, and everything could be looking rosy. Proof is in the pudding. We're not going to know probably for another few months, but we can't have until we can't have what eight months or whatever it is of this continue. You can't have all this negativity and all this rumour and speculation surrounding because it's damaging the club. You know, the, the, the last few the last few years, the you know pr- probably pretty much since the Russos took over and Ashton and Simpson left, they you know you know with the Russos and Julian Winter, they they made a real effort to bring back that community feel and to start doing these things like fans forums and uh, you know places. at your places you know which are great idea you know I, I don't attend these at those at your places events because they don't want me there because they want it to be off the record they want it to be kind of just friendly chat and they've done so much hard work you know all the all the departments have done so much hard work
work to bring back that community feel and to make the fans feel a part of it and it's worked and it's just a bit of a shame at the moment that it's kind of not going to waste but slowly but surely people like you say Jason people like yourself who are happy to kind of give them a chance and kind of wait to see what happens the events of the last week are turning more and more people against the owner and with turning people against the owner it kind of also ends up turning against the club in a sense and you'll especially with performances on the pitch not going well yeah. that, will, that will hit the stand you'll end up you with less and less people you stop yourself short Frank and saying it's going to waste I think it is going to waste and it's not necessarily because what Lawrence Bassini is doing is bad he's just not talking and people do not and it's all based on goodwill. It's based on faith, goodwill, and an understanding and that feeling community. And Julian Winter worked so hard. Graham Taylor worked hard. They've all, everyone behind the scenes has worked incredibly hard. Malky got them going on the pitch. You know, Sean Dyke. I'm not going to comment on that as on the pitch. I think Dyke's doing as good a job as he can. That's but, the next podcast. But everything was going well. But everyone involved had worked incredibly hard to get get to that. It was we had to turn around the Titanic basically, and we were there. We were just within a you know a stone's throw of being a, a sustainable championship club, which is what, what all that anyone wanted. And we still may be on that path. That's the whole point. We still might be pointed in the right direction, but nobody knows because nobody's telling us. And if we don't know, it's impossible not to be negative, especially when things boil up to what happened last week, when you've got the chairman, of my, you know, Watford Football Club's. Favourite son, and he is a legend. Miles away from anyone else, isn't he? Yeah, untouchable. Fans, as a, fans as a, as a Watford man. He, I mean, he is Vickery Drive. He is Watford Football Club. When you've got him falling out with the owner, there's issues. Um, so if Watford is on the right path, we need to know about it. But by the same token, if we're headed down the wrong alley, we also need to know about it, and we need to start finding out why and how we can make those things right. So this has been an extra podcast from us. Um, we'll Don't be back. have nightmares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I think the reason we said do a podcast about it was that because of the events last week we needed to sort of talk about them I don't know about you but I actually feel better from just talking about it a little bit I'm not saying 100% better but I feel a little bit better uh, we're back with the normal podcast um, next one after the Bristol City game on a Tuesday we, we will record it with our interview with René Gilmartin who was a thoroughly insane fella in the mood, if nothing <laughs> yeah. 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 he's such a nice fella we'll be, uh, that, we're back with that uh, we'll see what answers we get from Lawrence at the fans uh, phone in on the 22nd of November on BBC Three Counties. Listen, ask, get it first, get involved, get involved more so than ever. Just no excuses. Thanks to Frank as well. Yes, massive thanks to Frank for uh, giving up his evening. Um, we've still got another 40 minutes of the England game to, to, to finish. I feel like about 400 minutes away. <laughs> well, yeah. I did have one other point for a question from oh, Bassini. Yeah. If you can't answer those five questions we have got. The sixth one, which is a get-out-of-jail-free card, is what is the point in Zlatan Ibrahimovic? <laughs> You're not a fan, Mike, no? It's gracious me. I heard a stat on the way over here that he's won the league six years in a row with four different clubs. <laughs> oh, clearly the point of... Extraordinary. It, and he, to win trophies. Oh, he's, win. And he's awful. He's awful. So, Lawrence, if you can't answer any of the others... You, you know, I, I, I think I know the answer, actually. It's shirt sales. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, if you get his name, yeah, his name on the back, that's going to generate a lot of money. Yes. Stay tuned. More from, from the Recruiters um, soon.